This is the Ezra Podcast. On a Monday, I'm here on a Monday with a pre-fight breakdown for Earl Spence versus Jordanis Ugas in a fight that is not a tune-up, but I feel like it's kind of being treated as if it is a tune-up for Earl Spence, as if it's just a welcome back fight of some sort, of as, as if it's already written on what's going to happen, right? Already, We already know that he's going to get the win here, and I, I got to say that I think that's very up in the air in this fight. I think Jordanis Ugas, talent-wise, right, has the capability of saying that he's the best guy at 147. I don't think that people were thinking that. I think uh, Ugas's rise has been slow, but it's been steady, and he's had a, a, a you know a lot of good performances and pretty one-sided performances. Now, even his performance against Porter to me was kind of one-sided. When I thought you know he, I thought he clearly won that fight. And the interesting thing is that there's not a lot of there's no one that's ever pushed Ugas back. Right? Even a guy like Porter who likes to bully and bull rush you just was not doing that against Ugas, right? And, you know, Ugas doesn't have a lot of knockouts, doesn't have show. Um, on the, If you look at his record, you're not going to see all the stoppages. So you're going to automatically assume he doesn't have any power, but that's not the case. I think Ugas hits, uh, has very good hit, uh, power. I think he hits very stiff. I think it, it hurts when he hits you. And I think that's the reason that a lot, he doesn't have a lot of knockouts, actually, because a lot of guys won't, that usually rush in and take chances don't do that with him. And they actually end up on their guard. And he likes to pick his shots, and he's patient, and that kind of leads to decisions. Him just uh, keeping a guy on his defense, on his back foot, and you guys will ride it to a decision. But you guys can pop. He definitely can. And if you remember, see when he fought Pacquiao, I mean, the shots he's landing is moving Pacquiao. The damage he's doing to Pacquiao's face, uh, you know, there were times where Pacquiao got hit where he looked like he got shooken up a little bit. Pacquiao is a guy that could take his – Pacquiao's a great chin. He's not a guy that – you know, really folds to power or gets deterred by power. And against Ugas, he was being deterred by it. Now, Ugas likes to hold his position. He's going to like to hold the middle of the rings. doesn't like to move around too much. He likes to stay just flirt with, you know, the range, right? Staying in range and getting stepping just a little bit out of it. That's where he likes to stay. Earl Spence is somewhat similar. Um, Earl Spence is going to come forward. He's a southpaw. He's going to look to, uh, to me, what he does is he applies some of the best, um, range pressure and what i mean by that it's not just pressure but he's just constantly working which he does have a good work rate but he's just constantly in range right he's constantly forcing you to do something constantly forcing you to move think punch react and that kind of just wears you down alone just that pressure alone will wear you down but then earl spence puts on a high work rate now i have seen that diminish over the past few fights especially like danny garcia he starts off kind of slow he's kind of just like figuring it out not really letting uh danny garcia really do much but him not really applying that pressure in the middle of the rounds he kind of picks it up and then later in the rounds he kind of gets on his bicycle again it's not the same pressure um another thing i noticed is that earl spence if you look at you know his run um his latest run he's got danny garcia he has mikey garcia he has um Lamont Peterson, right? Like if it looks against the last eight fights, those are three undersized 147s. His best win to me is Kelbrook, which is I think is an excellent win. But I don't think that that's exactly the Earl Spence that, uh, or is the style that Earl Spence fights anymore. Like I don't think Earl Spence how aggressive he is in that fight. I don't think Earl Spence is that aggressive anymore. I think that he's uh, definitely more cautious. He stands for definitely more defensive aware. I don't. Th- I don't think that he. You know, maybe he hasn't been put in a spot where he feels like he needs to apply that pressure and needs to put it on his opponent, 
Um, and like he was in that Cal Brook fight where he was definitely winning, uh, losing on the outside. It feels like in a, bo- in a boxing match, and you're picking your shots. Cal Brook was beating him to that. So he had to go and put that pressure on Cal Brook and break him. I haven't seen that. Even when he fought Mikey Garcia, you know, he boxed in that one, which I thought was a very good win because he showed how really skilled he was. Against a guy like Mike Garcia, you would probably not think he was going to win in a boxing match. Uh, Porter kind of forced the issue with him, right? Forced him into a fight. Uh, but also Porter did a bunch of different, gave a bunch of different looks. And it did, you know, it's funny that the two guys that were his size of 147 kind of gave him problems, right? This is the toughest fights, Cal Brook and Porter. And the other guys that you know he blows out are I can are, I can make a claim that they're actually undersized. Now I've had her claims that you Ugas is he's going to be out uh, muscled in this fight against Spence. I don't believe that at all either because Ugas I think is very strong. Not only just with his punches right, but I think he's very strong physically. I think he has a very good base. I don't think that Spence is going to be able to push him back real easily. I don't see that. I think Ugas uh, with his countering. Uh, the the base he has, the way he's going to jab, right? The battle of jabs here between Spence and Ugas is going to be very interesting, especially the start of this fight. But I see a lot of things where Ugas could really take advantage in this fight. And when I remember after watching Ugas beat Pacquiao, I remember thinking how, you know, that fight was competitive. And it, to me, it wasn't uh, definitely a Pacquiao way out of his prime, but still a good Pacquiao, still a good win for Ugas. I'm not trying to take that away. But just to me, I when I after watching it, I kind of thought, well, a young Pacquiao would have beat Ugas, and that, that that could very well be true. But maybe what I was missing was that performance by Ugas was kind of the norm of what he does to his opponents. And now it's what it's kind of showing me is that everybody might look like this when they fight Ugas. Whether you're a lower level opponent or, or you're Manny Pacquiao, they you might just be stuck in the outside and you guys just pick shots away from you. And I'm sure you, sometimes you get in on him, but sometimes he just closes his guard and he lets you work, but he really trusts his guard. Cause he's a very, very talented guard. He does. And it's, those are things that are not skills that aren't talked about much in boxing. Like it's not a lot of guys with a very talented guard, but you guys does. He has really good reaction. He catches punches. He moves well with his guard. He can make it really tight. He's got, um, you know, to me, like a little bit of a winky right type guard. It's not so much where he can like secure a whole shield around him by just putting his arms, uh, you know, putting the high guard up, but he can catch punches. He knows how to move his guard just enough to block shots, but that's also where he can get in trouble because his guard is so tight on his face that almost takes like precision to, for him to block your shots. And that allows shots to sneak in. Like as you saw against uh, Ramos, where Ramos thinks in two left hooks against him. So, I think that Ugas is being really undersold in this fight. And there's, you know, there's a few reasons. Like I said, Spence has come back. Um, people assume that he just got the old Pacquiao. And I told you, that fight was competitive. We can't say it wasn't competitive. Pacquiao did have moments. So, you kind of feel like a younger Pacquiao would have ran through Ugas, right? You kind of feel like that. So, then you kind of feel like he just kind of stole the the star-making performance, which Spence is already a star. But, like, you know, his this big name that Earl Spence was going to get when he was supposed to fight Manny Pacquiao. But I think all those things are, uh, I think people are missing what this fight's actually going to look like. And it's, it's before I just give into the breakdown of my prediction of what this fight's going to look like, let's talk about the importance of this fight. Because Terrence Crawford is supposedly signing with the PBC. He's supposedly going to get a two to three fight deal. 
And of course, one of those fights being Earl Spence. So if Earl Spence wins this, he has now has three belts. And he's only missing one. And that's the one that Terrence Crawford has. So, which is probably the most important fight in boxing that can be made. This seems to be the f- the one fight before it, right? This is, it is possible that the next fight is Earl Spence versus Terrence Crawford. Now, if you Ugas were to upset that, right? I think there's a good chance that we might have missed, you know, one of the biggest fights, most important fights in boxing. Um, but what an interesting storyline would that be that Ugas, who replaced Earl Spence for the Pacquiao fight, then goes on to beat Earl Spence, then goes on to replace him in a Terrence Crawford fight. Like these are this is boxing. This is why you when you have those fights, you kind of that's why people say you got to act on them. We got to take advantage of those fights when we have them because something like this can happen, right? And there's so many talented guys, and especially in boxing where it's not like in the NBA or the NFL where it's like a college system, so you kind of know all the guys coming up, and very rarely does the guys come up and surprise you. And boxing happens all the time. It happens all the time. And think of you guys who has four losses on his on his record. And he has a chance of beating two all-time greats in Earl Spence and Terrence Crawford. And the name Manny Pacquiao. Like, he could easily walk around here with, like, one of the best resumes of this era. So this is what's at stake here. So how does the fight look? I think Ugas is going to take an early lead in this fight. I think people are going to be very surprised on how good he holds the middle of the ring. And I think that the jab battle... Spence will eventually start to lose because Ugas is going to start countering him with a straight right. And I think he's going to push Earl Spence back. I think Earl Spence is a lot more cautious than you remember. And I think that it's going to take some time for Earl Spence to get in the straight game plan where he says, I got to come forward because I think that he's going to go down big in this fight. I think he's going to be down in the scorecards big or fourth, fifth round. And he's going to say, I just got to dog him. And this trainers, the corners is going to say, you got to get out there. You got to put that pressure on. And I don't think that that's really going to turn around things. I think it might make it more competitive fight. It might make some more interesting uh, exchanges, but you guys who's very calm in the pocket, who does very shifty things with his upper body, right? Who is very sharp right now and very confident in himself right now. And has finally worked himself into this position. I think this fight could look a lot like all the other fights you guys has had. And maybe all these performances where you're like, well, he didn't like really, you know, he won. It was clear that he won, but it wasn't like he was all around dominant of these guys. And then you're going to start realizing, oh, no, this is how these fights look. This is how you guys makes fights look. This is how he makes his opponent look. And all these things are going to slip away. All the, the Spence Crawford talk will start to slip away. But I'm not going to pick you guys to win. Because I see the way Ugas's guard works. And if you can bite down and you can take some chances and Earl Spence has a sweeping left hand, he's pretty good at sweeping around the guard and he's pretty good at placing it. And Ugas, whose guard is very excellent but needs to be precise and has been tricked before with that shot, I think Earl Spence lands it late. I think he lands it very late. I'm talking 10th, 11th round he lands it. But this isn't Ramos, right? This isn't uh, Abel Ramos. This is Earl Spence. And if Earl Spence gets you hurt, he's going to get the finish. And I think Earl Spence, with a major comeback in this fight, I think skill-wise, I think 
the positioning in the ring, the style that Earl Spence kind of has been fighting lately, I think it, that loses to Yugas. But I think that Earl Spence has that other that other thing in him that makes him special, makes him great. He makes him that he could bite down. The 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 one that you know dropped Porter late. The one that gets and defeats Cal Brook late. The one that mental grit and placement and hunger to place the shots where you want and be aggressive and really pour it on when you need to. I think Earl Spence lands that big left. And Ugas' guard, which is good, but so good that he could get him in trouble. That gets him overconfident, gets him hurt. And Earl Spence gets a massive comeback victory to secure the most important fight in boxing versus Terrence Crawford. And we will leave this fight wondering if Earl Spence is, you know, washed, if he's not the same Earl Spence, if Terrence Crawford's going to catch him at the right time, there will be a little diminished product here, at least perception-wise of people. I don't think that's the case because I'm telling you beforehand, I don't think that it's as far as the diminished product. I think that Earl Spence has definitely switched his style to be a little more defensive. He's not the aggressor that he was, was, and that's because he's fighting better fighters. That makes sense. Now, can it be forced out of him? Yes. But I think the mistakes and the things that you guys are able to capitalize on have always been there. So I can't say that he's washed. I just think those mistakes have always been there. And you saw in the Cal Brook fight. I think you're going to see a lot in the Ugas fight. But like I'm saying, Earl Spence has something special in him that a lot of, you know, a lot of the greats have. And he's going to be able to pull this one out and set up this current Crawford fight, which is going to lead up to a huge debate on if Earl Spence is, you know, the same Earl Spence, or it's going to lean a major way toward Terrence Crawford at the end of this fight. I can't wait to see it. The next fight I want to talk about is not even on the main card. It's on the prelims. So you got to get what turn on showtime early to watch this fight. And that is Buteyev versus Stan Yonis. And this is a fight that I predicted beginning of the year. I did my beginning of the year predictions for the end year, end of the year awards. I predicted this would be fight of the year. Now, when I broke it down and fully looked at it, I think that it has a chance to be really action-packed with a lot of fireworks just because it's both styles. But I think Buteyev is much more talented and gifted than anyone has really given him credit for yet. You know, and it makes sense because he's a, um, you know, he's he's not a U.S. fighter. A lot of fans don't take for uh don't take in these uh what am I trying to say here? These you know am, am, these fighters that have these big amateur records that are not from the states. They're built up as like these all skilled. This is the way he should be fighting. This is look at the things he can do. U.S. fans are not really high on them. They don't really take that into well. They think it's a lot of you know, selling points by the promoter or riders. And they, I, I get it. There's, I get the argument there, but I think that the Buteyev gives me a lot of Castano vibes where you're going to see that, oh, actually, this guy's a major threat at 147 pounds. Now, Stan Yonis, who is very tough, uh, I've never seen rocked, comes forward, fast jab, good left hand. He's very left hand heavy, left hooks, left um left hook to the head, left hook to the body, a lot of jabs. He takes everything on his high guard, right? And he's not a bad fighter. He's actually, you know, he's a 
very good entertaining fighter. But his debut is a whole other level. And why I say that the, I'm kind of questioning now if this could be fight of the year is because I think Budev doesn't even need to go to war in this fight. I think he could just outbox him. I think that that's a, a, a card that no one really is seeing that he can play. And I think he could do that in this fight. I think he could just really circle Stanionis, who just kind of chases. He doesn't cut off the ring. He kind of just comes forward. Um, and Butchev has very good legs, and he has very good ability. Like, he could counter off you. He he, he could fight with his hands down and just uh, pick you apart. I think we're going to see a lot of weapons from him. I do think there's points in this fight where it, it could get competitive, especially middle rounds, and uh, Stanionis really sits on it and really goes for it because he's losing on the scorecards. But I'm going to take Butchev to win a unanimous decision in this fight. And I think he's going to do it by a wide margin. I think he's going to show skills. And I think we're going to leave this leave, uh, leave this fight thinking, wow, this guy might be one of the top guys at 147. He might be the guy to fight Boots. He might be the guy that um, Terrence Crawford and Earl Spence don't want to fight and feel like eh, he's not really a part of you know our thing, what we're trying to do here. I I was just talking on Twitter today, and I, you know, um, Isan, who is a very smart on boxing Twitter, if you ever uh, if you're on boxing Twitter, you should know who he is. But he said, you know, I'll pick him, Butev over. Um, well, I can't think of his name right now. Um, Thurman, Keith Thurman, and I, I agree 100. I'd pick him over Keith Thurman right now too, and I think that that'd be a horrible match for Keith Thurman. I think that might be a beatdown for Keith Thurman. That's how high I am on Butev. He's a damn good fighter. He's defensively aware. He's offensively aggressive. He's very fast. He has very good legs. He's very good timing, very good spacing. I couldn't be higher him in this fight, and I'm very curious what he, the techniques he uses in this fight, but I think he's going to box. I think he's going to put a number on Stan Jonas to take the decision. Now, I didn't break down the other fights. I kind of just broke down the guys in the fight. Right, because I think there's prospects and contenders in these fights that I, to me, I think are kind of one-sided fights and all around kind of bad matchups. But I want to talk about these guys, and we got Jose Valenzuela first, the Southpaw, who reminds me of Nasima Ahmed, if I'm being 100 honest, with his offense, the uh, the way he's loops his punches or take throws crazy punches or punches from weird angles where you can't really tell the the shots going in your body, or your head. He's very fast, has good power. Um, does leave openings though. Like we're gonna have to watch these openings that he leaves because when he punches, he fully forgets his defense. It's not like offense defense switch. It's not really that. He goes from defense to I'm looking to counter and catch you and explode on you, and I'm looking to knock you out cold. And he just goes full offense, and it's a lot of Ahmed stuff. I'm telling you, there's just a lot of Nasim Ahmed to his game. But this is a guy that has special abilities, right? He has the special things that a lot of fighters are just not. You know, you kind of have to be born with that you can do. He's not a lot of fighters can do what he does. So this is why people are getting very excited about him because of those natural abilities. It's things that just really can't be taught. Now, he's with the Benavides uh, senior, and it's going to see, I'm curious to see what they do with his game or the things that they, uh, you know, try to fix as far as just those holes in the defense. They're, they're, they're pretty bad. They're pretty glaring. I know a lot of people give, we're saying that, you know, I have him above Ryan Garcia and he would beat Ryan Garcia. He, you know, he dropped Teofimo Lopez in sparring. It's understood, but, those holes in the defense, if at times he leaves it like 50-50. Sometimes you got to think of it like when people play football now, right, and the coaches are coaching and they have a guy that's doing statistics and he's telling them like on third down with three yards, to uh, third and three, right, your percentages of 
getting this first down is, you know, 30%, 40%, 60%. That's how they determine if they're going to do the play just by sometimes the odds of the percentages. Well, when Valenzuela punches, at certain points, it's kind of just like 50-50. If he lands, great, he's going to knock you out. He's going to land something big. But if you land, he is in no position to take that punch. So there are points, like if you were watching him fight and the percentages of like him get, being able to be knocked out, when he punches, there's a point where it's getting like to 70 to 80% because of just how open he is during those shots. So we're going to have to watch that going forward. I do see those holes, but I do see also just a gifted human being when able to play shots, the speed he's able to play shots, the, the natural ability of the way he throws and the motion he throws is very special. So I understand the excitement, but I do see those holes in his game. We have Isak Cruz, who's coming off, you know, a competitive fight with Tank. Blop, some people think it's more competitive than I do, but it was a very competitive fight. It showed that, you know, it gave me no reason to say he doesn't belong at that, at least considered a, a contender at 135. Now, I don't think that his stay is going to be long there, depending on how they match him, right? But, you know, putting him against Gamboa in this card, obviously, it's a showcase fight for him, right? Showcase spot on a pay-per-view, a co-main event. To, you know, hopefully match him with uh, Tank or Michelle Rivera in late, in uh, in the near future. Now, what is it with Isak Cruz? He's an aggressive guy. I think we all kind of know what he's going to bring to the table. He's, uh, his aggression. He's compact. He can punch uh, combos. He gets Once he gets set, he's ready to go. He's explode with big shots, body, head. And I'm just curious because I've seen, if you look at his last fight, um, against Tank, but not the, the fight before that against Vargas, he didn't get the finish, right? He wasn't able to get the finish. He wasn't able to keep that aggression going and show uh, how effective it was, right? And I think that you could honestly turn a fight very ugly against him, and he's easy to wrap up, and I think he could be outboxed. Now, I don't expect that against Gamboa, who, to me, can't keep a consistent offense going, and is just a career survivor now. Is he going to be able to show that he can get him out of there, right? A career survivor, is he going to be able to show that? And is he going to be full on aggression and not get wrapped up and not get stuck in, the, you know, like a fighter like um, Gamboa's games, right? Because we just were critical of Ryan Garcia, who just dominated a fight, but and avoided getting wrapped up to me and personally and just kind of kept his foot, uh, foot on the gas and the pressure and was able to land shots. And, you know, the guy was durable. The guy was surviving, but... Isak Cruz, is he going to get all wrapped up? Is he going to get an ugly fight with Gamboa and show that his game could be deflected? I'm curious. And are we going to be as critical of him as or Ryan Garcia? Because at least Ryan Garcia fought a live guy. Gamboa, we know his shot. We know he's done. So I'm curious to see what happens with Isak Cruz. And the last guy I want to talk about is Brandon Lee. Now, Brandon Lee is getting some hype behind him, right? And he's got he's got some uh he's got some massive knockouts, some highlight real stuff. But there's stuff that his game is not, uh, there's stuff, it's a little jagged still. It's, it needs uh, some smoothness to it. He also tries to power his way through stuff. I'm not sure what his go-to offense really is. Kind of just seems like at points he just kind of explodes and hopes something lands. So I'd like to see a more consistent game from him going forward. And I want to see just, it's smoothed out. It's another to get rid of the rough edges of it, get rid of, you know, the clunky part of your game. I, I'm not seeing that yet. Now, we're heading in the right direction, but it could be one of the things where, like, the fame surpasses his talent. I think we're very close to that, honestly, at this point, even though he's not really 
that famous, but it, it, it could really take off pretty quick for him. Um, so let's see where he is on this fight. Let's see if it just tightens it up a little bit. A lot of these guys, especially in boxing, is a big problem where the fame is surpassing their skill level. And then when that happens and their growth, you can't really grow them because people want to see them in, in these, you know, big fights against, you know, all these good matchups against all the competitive guys that fight for championships and fight the best guy there is right now. And they're not there yet. They, they got some guys are three, four years away. And Renly could be that guy. So I'm curious to see how they match him up going forward and, you know, what he changes to his game and what they add to his game to make him a more consistent fighter and a, a fighter that just doesn't, you know, try to power his way out of stuff. Thank you guys for listening. This has been the As Raw Podcast. <laughs>